Seba, the Southern Fried Witch. And today I have two friends of mine on here. Then do y'all want to just say hi real quick? Hello. Hello there. <laughs> there it is. And they we met back gosh, I forget what year was it? 13? At Atlanta. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, it was it's been a minute, about 2013. It was a Atlanta uh Pagan Marketplace of Ideas, if I remember correctly. I don't even know if they still have that, but I we had a good time. We did. We had a we had a we had a blast just uh, getting to know each other. I love the craft that you guys brought to vend at that time, and and I was just getting started uh, in my journey with drums and festivals and everything, and uh, Mary as well. Yeah, and then we did stay in contact enough that i think some years later maybe one or two years later my partner made you an altar from scratch yep reclaimed wood yeah. i think yeah, yeah. absolutely that... go ahead no it's still downstairs yeah it's still here <laughs> <laughs> and very much in use <laughs> he was very proud of that secret drawer he made you that's or a really cool add-on yeah it's where we put all the little tchotchkes when we're not using them Nice. All right. Well, because this your drumming means so much to you, and I know this. I, I watch. Uh, well, I watch you on the interwebs all the time. You know, calling people to come to a drumming circle. So, can you tell everyone how you got started? How both of you got started, if that's okay, in your drumming? Uh, sure. Um, I got to take you back. Uh, it was a long time ago. Um, I think I was six years old and my dad was at the, in the air force at the time we were living in Dover, Delaware, and he would come back with, um, all those uh, bootleg reel to reels. Uh, for those of you who are uh, unfamiliar with that, it's the giant tape about a quarter of an inch wide. And all these reel to reels were what I call the and bands like blood, sweat and tears, or, you know, um, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Seals and Crofts. All the and bands. He kept bringing these these bands home, and they were really good stuff. Uh, I was listening to them, and then he brings home one just simply titled Woodstock. Yeah. Right. Right. So I was like, "What is this? What is this sorcery that you bring home, Dad?" And so I put it on, and the very first song that was played on the on the uh, on the reel was Carlos Santana's "Soul Sacrifice." And if anybody watched the video footage of the 1969 Woodstock concert, Michael Shreve did a about five, six minute drum solo. And he only had a four piece kit, a bass drum, snare drum, a mounted tom and a floor tom and a couple of cymbals. But it's the percussion section that accompanied him on this drum solo. And it just captured my focus so much so. And I mean, it's a six year old kid, by the way. I'm in a dining room. I've got big headphones on my head i'm plugged into this reel-to-reel and i rewind this thing and listen to this just the solo section over and over again for about half an hour 
And then I I take the headphones off and I put them down. I look up at mom who was standing behind me watching this whole thing happen. And I said, I want to do that. And I got my first drum set that Christmas. Oh, they were nice parents. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, Santa somehow hid the snare drum under my bed. I still have no idea how he did that. That was kind of a crafty old elf. Anyway, um, and the first song I ever learned how to play on the drum set was Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart, just to age myself a little bit more. Uh, (laughs) We're all going down with you on this. Uh, There uh, you go. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, okay. So fast forward a number of years later, I was in my first marriage. We were expecting our second child. I was in a band, we were performing, we had some success, but I wasn't really just getting the the financial success that I needed in order to be a full-time musician. So I put down the sticks and kind of, you know, put that career under the under the blanket for a while. And then the other amazing woman on this podcast, Mary, my wife, I meet her. And where I am today, I have every every ounce of gratitude and blame going to Mary for where I'm at right now. The blame, all the blame. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. <laughs> uh, she has her she has her own story to tell, so I won't I won't, I won't tell it for her. But she was dancing at the time, and oh, um, yeah. and one of our first uh, couple of dates, we were in my living room, and she sees a gym bay covered in dust in the corner, and she said you know, what is that? I said, it's a djembe. And she said, what is it doing there? I said, not much of anything. Can you play that? Of course I can. So I pick it up. I start playing it. She starts dancing across the living room. And now here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this podcast is over. We are. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of work that happened between then and now, though. (laughs) I want to hear about that work. Let's let's switch over to you. And then we can always pull back over with Eric. You're the one to blame, so talk to me. I'm the one to blame, well, kind of accidentally. I mean, first and, and foremost, I'm a dancer. I'm a, um, I'm a trained global caravan uh, belly dance teacher. So if you ever want to check out some really amazing belly dance, global caravan, tribal belly dance is beautiful. And, and that's basically tribal belly dance is what I've done for many, many years. And um, when I met Eric, that's what I was doing. I was dancing with a local group here that's no longer around called Northside Tribe and having a great time. But when I saw that drum sitting there, I, I do remember thinking, well, that drum is not being played. And Eric picked it up and started playing. And I thought, OK, OK, he really does actually know how to play drums. He's not just, you know, shitting me or anything like that. <laughs> you know, not like, just trying to get underneath my belly dancer jewelry. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, what's under that big skirt you've got on, honey? Um, <laughs> but Love it, it. It, it really, it, it amazed me. And I thought, okay, you know, let's, let's see what we can do together. And, and, you know, I mean, he took off with the drum. I continued with my dance journey. And, um, and now I'm a drummer as well, which we'll get to. Uh, <laughs> but um, yes, that was kind of how that all happened. And then, um, you know, the drum has been a part of our journey as a couple. Um, yeah, and I want to find out what it has to do. Also, you're you're both pagan. I don't know what uh, what variety, <laughs> but you're both pagan, and so I would like to know. So the two of you came together. He's drumming. You're dancing. I can see why you kind of uh, got smitten there, Eric. Well, um, but- yeah, I mean, at the end of her first date, you know, she asked if I uh, wanted to see the sword that she has in her car. And I'm, 
what guy wouldn't? So she yeah. takes out this sword, puts it under her head, and starts doing belly dance moves in the parking lot. And I was just like driving home after that going, what the fuck just happened? That was amazing. You know, and, and I was just, yeah. <laughs> well, that was it. I wasn't expecting it, but there it was, and, and it was absolutely beautiful and wonderful. And uh, um, yeah, you you were totally done for. Sorry. Oh yeah, sir. yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I'm done. Put a fork in me. That that's it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So so tell me, okay, Eric, let's start with you. And so tell me, what has this had to do? I suppose with um, how does this inform your spiritual practice? If you feel comfortable answering. That's a really good question. Um, I, I've actually, you've been privy to some of our half work because uh, I've spoken with you before about, you know, some, some left turns that we took off the path. And uh, we, were, we were in Ifa for a little while working with the, uh, working with the Lawa, not the Lawa, I'm sorry, with the Orisha. And uh, that's the djembe is essentially an African instrument. So it just fit well in that sort of paradigm of thought and ritual. But since then, I've gotten back to my ancestral roots of Norse paganism and that diaspora. So uh, that's just really been speaking to me uh, recently. So the djembe doesn't fit well in that ritualistic space. It's more of a frame drum. So you're, you got to frame drum and a beater and all that. And I'm, I'm actually currently looking for the right one to bring into that space. But how that informed my path is... Take your time. I'm, I'm th I'm, I've never really been asked this question before, so it's kind of difficult to, to articulate how this kind of came about. Cool. I'm doing a good job then. <laughs> <laughs> um, for a while there, we were when we were doing rituals with uh, within Ifa, I would I would drum the I would drum the circle to life essentially and um, I would bring the djembe in and we'd set the intention and I've actually pulled this kind of work into some of the drum circles that I do which we'll get to later um, but I'll, I'll I'd bring the drum in and, and we'd set the intention and I'd, I'd build the energy just channeling it into the drum and and bringing the circle to life so to speak and the the second half of that question is the drum takes the individual on a journey, literally. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are, what lifestyle you have, what you believe in, what your faith, the drum will take you places that you had no idea that you could go. And so I've been on a journey with this instrument uh, since I was six years old. I've been on a huge journey with this wonderful, wonderful instrument. Um, and I think I'm answering your question correctly here. You are. Um, I, I just, yeah, no, I'm loving every bit of it. And, and I just want to say hi to your dog. Uh, yeah. Sorry about the, uh, the, the old guy in the background. He's 12. He's, he's chewing on some things that he probably shouldn't be chewing on and hacking and coughing. So I apologize about that. No, that's okay. I have seven. It's okay. It's okay. So I did want to say that I want, I hate to interrupt you, but I wanted to, no. to kind of add to this reverberation that we do mm -hmm. to the earth with mm -hmm. the sky, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it even affects water. I do this with my staff, with mm -hmm. my walking stick. Um, and that's how I get into, and, and also with a stomp a bit. Mm -hmm. So I can see that this is an ancient vessel of language, uh, of connection that, and that's what you've already been doing. You know, you started with, you know, your regular little can drums and, move forward and you're still exploring which i find really cool 
Absolutely. I mean, like I said, the, the, the drum is just so powerful. It's a powerful instrument. When you think about the history of us as a species, the only other instrument that we had to do anything with outside of the drum was our voice. The drum came along next. And we've been using that instrument to communicate, to connect, to uh, manifest, to generate whatever since we became a species that didn't roam around the planet. And uh, that, so when you hit a drum, you're tapping into that <laughs> ancestral energy. When you really think about how that drum came into being, uh, that instrument itself came into being, not the, not the one you're actually physically playing, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and I would say that even the heartbeat of this earth as well. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. There is a, an amazing book written by Lynn Redmond, um, When the Drummers Were Women, um, which I picked up when I started my own drumming journey. And that, that book is saying the first rhythm that we hear when we are first in our mother's wombs is the sound of the heartbeat. And that rhythm yeah. stays with us. And um, that's something yeah. that Eric brings into when he's teaching someone how to play for the first time. Right, honey? Oh yeah, that's that's my favorite kind of person is is um, uh, the person that comes up to our booth at like festivals and says, "Hey, how you doing? Have you ever played a drum before?" No, I can't play. I, I'm not very good at it. I'm, I don't have any rhythm. Yes, yes, you do. Have a seat. Five minutes later, <laughs> we're both playing the drum. And I think Sebi, you actually saw this probably happen once. I think I did. Yeah, and I did. And, and it's it's it was and, and the face just lights up. And like, holy crap! I'm actually doing. Yes, you are because you are rhythm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, you have rhythm inherent within you. And I say this. This is my spiel that I say with uh, people who say that they don't have rhythm. They can't play an instrument. They, they whatever. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. You breathe in and out. That's a rhythm. You speak in rhythm. You walk in rhythm. You go to sleep. You wake up. You're on a big blue ball going through its own rhythm in space. You have rhythm and you take up that space. All you need to do is just relax, breathe, and allow it to be, uh, allow it to come out of you. There's no judgment whatsoever in any of my drum circles at all. I love that. Um, uh, I don't care if you just pick up the drum for the first time or you've been playing for 50 years. I don't care. Come into my drum circle and have a blast. And our job, Mary is also now a facilitator, uh, as, as I am, and our job as facilitators is to ensure that every participant in the circle is able to express themselves however they feel comfortable on any instrument that we have there, the drums, the the percussion instruments. Uh, we even carry the gigantic colored, uh, not the gigantic, but the, the, the colored tubes called boom whackers. We have those and several other instruments that people can just pick up and play and have a good time with. And the energy that gets created from these circles is, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, addictive in a way. It's it, it mm -hmm. because they they feel free. They're like, oh my god, that feels so good. I'm like, yeah, just take that out into the world and do something with it, and then come back and do it again. You know, it's a connecting yeah. energy, and I think that is um, that's why so many people are drawn to drum circles. And we're finding that more and more is that once we, you know, someone does come, that connected energy that draws them back with that connection. 
but it's not just a connection between the people that are playing. It's that connection with something that's a bit more uh, visceral and, and also spiritual. It's that connection to that mother's heartbeat that you heard when you were in her womb and, and see how I brought that back around. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for you. And that, you know, that wonderful connection to, to life. I mean, uh, the, the earth has a rhythm. There are those beautiful, the beautiful rhythm that we go through every year. And that can be expressed through the drum. It can also be expressed through dancing too. So I, I loved your you know, saying that you uh, connect with that rhythm through your staff and through stomping. And that, you know, absolutely is something that, uh, you know, resonates with me, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. So yeah, do tell me how you, because Eric, Eric answered to this, and I think you have a, a significant experience as well, because you also dance to this rhythm. You're like an interpreter of the rhythm. So how does this express your spirituality besides what you've already told me, which is wonderful? Gosh, how can I, the, the putting it into the words is the, is the hardest part here. <laughs> um, when I first started dancing, and this does connect back to the drum, I promise. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was in a very, a, a very bad place. Um, it just, had a, a a divorce, wasn't sure what to do with myself, wasn't even sure what I looked like anymore, who I was anymore. And something told me, you know, let's move our bodies and exercise just, you know, your traditional, let's lift weights or whatever. It just wasn't doing it for me because I don't, well, in retrospect, I don't think I was really connecting with my heart, you know, or connecting with my soul, lifting weights. Um, some people do, and that's fine. It just wasn't working for me. So I joined a belly dance class and that first night I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was so scared to go because I thought, okay, no one's going to look like me there. I'm a very curvy woman, you know, no, uh, oh, they're going to be younger than me and it's going to be, oh, but it wasn't like that at all. It was very welcoming and beautiful and I hurt in places I had never hurt before the next day, <laughs> but I had this beautiful smile on my face all day long because I did this dance. And I was hooked. Yeah. And that was yeah. 14 years ago. <laughs> wow. Um, and fast forwarding a little bit, as I became more confident, more sure of myself with the dance, I realized that it was just filling me up. But it was the music that was also filling me up. That was feeling that music within my body in a way that I hadn't been able to do before. I mean, yes, you know, I could go to the disco and, you know, I could get out there and, you know, dance and do whatever at the club and you feel it there. But this was different. This was, like you said, an, an interpretation of the music. And after Eric and I had gotten together uh, in our former um, group, creating our, our circles for rituals, and one of the things that I did as a part of that was I knew how to dance with. Hey, Mary, you cut out. So I'm going to ask you to repeat that because it sounds important. Can you say that again, that you were dancing with oh, something? Sure. I, I couldn't hear. Let's say it again. Sure, sure, sure. I was dancing with uh, what's what are called palm flames. Uh, and they're basically like a, 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 a candle, a candlestick. That you would hold, not not the actual stick of the candle, but the holder of, of a long tapered candle. But oh, okay. um, you would put a short flame in there. Um, there. There are ways to do it. But I would hold those and dance. So they're called palm flames. 
And as part of our rituals, sometimes I would dance around as Eric played the drum to draw that energy in and to raise that energy for whatever we were, you know, the work that we were going to do that day or that evening. And there was something so connecting about being a dancer with the sound of this drum and your feet on the earth, the fire is there and the sky is above you. And it is a very connecting thing. You become a conduit in a way of the, the energy that's coming from this beautiful sound of the drum and the energy of the fire. And you're um, almost, we like to say, the, the drummers feed the, feed the dancers who feeds the fire, who feeds the universe. Is that right, honey? I'm, I'm probably getting it wrong. Um, <laughs> you're, you're almost there. You're almost there. It, it, it's, 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 it's a beautiful circle, too. And let me, let me tell you, right. the, the dance that she did with the palm flames is so entrancing. It was beautiful. But the, the circle is that the drummers feed the dancers. The dancers feed the fire. The fire feeds the drummers. The drummers, yes. Oh, wow. And and that circle of energy just it ramps up and up and up as as we're doing that. And 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 that is something that I have attended quite a few drum circles and quite a few fire circles in my life. And <laughs> and at, <laughs> at all of those, there's that that energy exchange that's going on, not just between the drummers and the dancers, but also with the fire and with and with the universe, with the earth, with the with the sky, and it, it creates this beautiful circle. And if you you know just really open yourself up to it, it's uh, quite quite a magical experience on its own. But I wanted to share with you that the way I came to the drum, my current my, my drum journey, my drum journey, I should say. You know, Eric's been around me with drums for many many years, and I. <laughs> I attended a festival called Drums in the Swamp. It, it's no longer in existence, but it was down in Louisiana. Wonderful, wonderful, fun um, festival focused on drumming, magic, and uh, dancing. And we had an amazing circle there. And we got there on a Thursday. I was so excited. And I was so ready to all of a sudden, oh, my gosh. I had a horrible, horrible couple of weeks at work. I'm ready to dance. I'm like, oh, yeah, I get to dance, you know, with the fire and the drums. And, oh, it's going to be so awesome. And the first night, the very first dance, I walk out. I'm so excited. You know, I'm ready to dance and just have a lot of fun with my friends. And an ember pops out from the fire and lands, and I step on it, and I burn my foot pretty badly oh <laughs> it was my, second degree okay <laughs> it was bad it was bruised i mean i mean blistered and everything so you were forced to sit down i was forced to sit down exactly i was forced not to move very much and i oh gosh that whole friday i was so upset i was so angry i was like why you know and i was railing it at the universe you know okay why why is this happening why why can't I dance? You know, this is how we connect. Because you know? <laughs> I was just like, you know, very, very upset. But that night I, I realized, I said, okay, I'm, I'll sit with the drummers and I'll, I'll drum. Now, of course, Eric had taught me a few things. So here's one of the false, false things <laughs> that people think, you know, people think, oh, uh, because you're married to a drummer, you know how to drum. This is not true. 
um, but but I had picked up a few things, so I was like, okay. And and of course, we had extra drums. We always have extra drums. Uh, so I sat and I started to play, and I thought, okay, this is pretty good. Well, what happened after that? As we got into the groove and everyone's playing and everything, and this was pretty continuous play. We had so many drummers. You know, if, if someone wanted to take a break, they could, but the drums just kept going. And I guess it was about an hour in that the rhythm started to get me, and I went on a trance journey in a way that I've never been in dancing, which I have done that in dancing. And it opened the drum up to me so that now I really enjoy playing uh, drums called the dundunes, which is basically the bass drums, the big bass drums. There's a set of three and they're very large conical drums and you play them with sticks. And I really enjoy playing them, I guess, because they're a little bit more grounding. But that trance and literally separated myself completely from my body. And when I came back, it took me a while to understand where I was and who people were. But it was a beautiful thing. It was a very connecting thing and really opened the drum to me. That's the beginning of my current journey with my drums. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful journey. And I love that. I mean, well, I don't love that you hurt your foot. <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> But I do kind of, I, I'm amused at the way the universe will have its way. Indeed, indeed. And that was, that, that was, you know, the amazing thing. I think this was such, you know, afterwards I realized what a blessing that was. And sometimes, you know, I feel like my um, deities were saying, you need to get out of your own way, sit down, open your ears, you're, you know, you, you know how this rhythm feels or how this energy feels with your body. You need to experience it more with your soul and get your mind out of the way. And this was the way that it happened for me. You guys, we're going to have to take a short break while the sirens and my dogs finish their little song together. So hang in there. Hold on. It'll, it'll be over in one minute. I have two uh, chicken Aussies. They're, they they guard the chickens, and I don't know if you can hear them, but they are very barely, unhappy. Barely hear them. Barely. Okay. Well, I might can move on, but yeah, they're very unhappy. Okay. I think they've calmed down a little bit. Um, I'm sure they're warning me of impending danger. So, Mary, would you mind if I... Go ahead. Oh, no. I just said they're doing their job. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like constantly. I get it, squirrel. Anyway, um, I did want to ask you, so is your path uh, similar to Eric's? Are you working the same Norse path or do you have your own? Uh, so we were, uh, we were working with Ifa previously together, but I have more of a Celtic path and I'm currently, I explore a lot. <laughs> yeah, cool. And, and I'm I'm currently exploring um working with Bridge or Bridget. And uh, nice. the element of fire is something that's, you know, again, I burned my foot to come on this journey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um and exactly. fire has always been something that has um, you know, uh resonated with me, but also the home aspects of her and my my ancestry is very Scottish. So, uh, and Gaelic and Celtic, that is really where, um, where my heart lies. Um, so 
I'm exploring that and also exploring working with the Morrigan as well. That, that's someone that I've been working with for a while mm-hmm. and uh, with great reverence for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I also, um, half of my line is from Limerick, Ireland. Oh, wow. So yeah. And literally half. So it's <laughs> everyone on one side are, you know, the, um, O'Kiley's or O'Keely. And so that whole entire line, it's a lot of fun. And that's, I want to connect to that as well. I understand. And I love that you have a blended, well, you know, you're both pagan, but a blended uh, path together. I don't think that people understand how, how important it is for us to be, you know, ourselves and, and I guess have our own journeys, even within a marriage, it's important. It's, it's highly important. Uh, one of the, one of the things that when we started, you know, phasing out of EFA that I, want, I spoke with Mary and, and we spoke together at length about it was, I don't want to inform you of what you, you know, what you should believe. That's, that's your path. Please take that. You know, I, you know, that's, 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 a, that's yours to take, not mine. I'm not going to, I'll tell you what I'm finding out and learning on my own, but I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than what it is that you want to do for yourself. And so we are, we're on parallel paths and at every now and then they'll intersect, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, I wasn't going to do that. that. That's, that's just not, that's just uncool, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, um, and I respect my wife enough and she has her own stuff and by all means go for it. And, and I support her 100% in her path, just like she does in mine. Well, I, I've seen you and your wife together. I don't think I've ever seen, you know, from the outside in such clear love. Um, <laughs> it's kind of fantastic to watch the two of you. And so I would expect that the drumming is how your paths sort of converge together. Well, like I said, the drum does take you on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Well, it does. <laughs> I feel like we're getting into R-rated territory, but. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different podcast. It's a whole different podcast. We aren't prepared for that journey today. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I love this. But I do watch all of your anniversaries go by. And, you know, um, married the second time around, sometimes I think just you know exactly what you want. And the two of you are amazing together. So I wanted to say that. Oh, thank you. Um, Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. It really does mean a lot. You know, the universe, the universe knew. It was so funny how many things that we had were looking for and before we met each other. And then we just kind of threw that all out of, I mean, we both individually without, you know, knowing each other at all kind of threw all those requirements out the door and said, look, (laughs) the universe knows what we need. You know, you know what we need. I mean, what I need, bring him to me. And we both at the same time kind of put our trust in, in this beautiful world of ours to, to bring the right person to us. And, um, it happened. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm glad it happened. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm glad it happened. It's fun, you know, because I'm, I'm not going to go too long on this, but my relationship with Tara and, you know, when we got together, my hair was black and it's salt and pepper, you know, white these days. And it's kind of 
it's like a treasure to to grow old together and look back and see you know where we were and where we've come to and and that's a journey in and of itself so it really is and when we got together my hair was uh was dyed um a dark brown and now i've let it go beautifully white too so <laughs> i understand <laughs> it's beautiful it really is we're all going wild in our old age and i i dig it yes so let me ask you so that we can make sure that we're getting to this because i think it's important i think Eric, I think you spoke to it earlier. Mm -hmm. You do these drumming circles. You do these teaching moments. Oh, let me just stop and say, is there a name for the circle? Or is it just a very loosely organized? <laughs> well, uh, I do have a monthly drum circle here in Atlanta at Unity North. It's just the community drum circle. Um, and that's the, the facilitated drum circle where I take my education from uh, village music circle village music circles i can talk really um <laughs> uh who uh, uh it was village music circles was founded by the godfather of the american drum circle mr arthur hull and i've learned from nice. him directly and it's a method of facilitating a drum circle to move uh, a group of people from individual consciousness to group consciousness and mm. there's there's ways to go about doing it. Mary just had her first six-day training last August, so we're we're both facilitators uh, under that under that uh, system, and it's it's an absolutely wonderful system. Yeah, I thought there would be like some kind of guide system to this, some sort of um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, there kind of is. It's it's um, there's a method to the chaos. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> in the workshops, you discover that there's a psychology and to the to the whole method of what you're doing uh as a facilitator and you have to keep that in mind as you're working a group of people that you've never met before in order to get them to start really just vibing with each other mm -hmm. and so that that's the facilitation part that's where i i mary and i will go into the middle of the circle it's called an intervention uh we'll go in and we'll do uh, a facilitation we'll guide people to do certain things you know i play you play and then we'll play a rhythm they'll play it back there's literally hundreds upon hundreds of different rhythm games that a facilitator can use inside of a circle you're only limited by your imagination in the story really wow. with that it's a lot of fun um and so that's the main one that i do um mary and i do the uh, other ones that i do are a little bit less common I will do in, an intentional drumming circle. I talked about this before where we'll get together and we'll, we'll be drumming along and then uh, I'll have a specific intention, um, love, manifestation, healing, whatever that is. And as a group of drummers, a group of people getting together and playing drums on a same pulse, not necessarily the same rhythm, but the pulse, you know, you one, two, bah, bah, that's the pulse. And everybody's playing their own unique rhythm on top of that pulse putting energy into the drum to bring about whatever it is that we're drumming for. That is powerful. I've gotten more into doing healing circles recently. I did one at last year at Puff, Pagan Unity Festival in Tennessee. I'm bringing it back again this year uh, at Pagan Unity Festival. It's, it's very powerful. It's incredible. Um, I love doing it. Uh, it's part of my service back to the community, uh, really. So intentional drum circles are, are really, really cool aspects of the spiritualism behind the drum. 
Not, Speaking of ahead. that, though, let me, yeah, let me ask you something. So you spoke to the spiritual aspect behind the drum and bringing all these people together. Do you have folks who aren't pagan showing up to these things? That's an excellent question. I don't pry, so I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fair. I yeah. would assume, I would assume, you know, but uh, I mean, I've even worked with uh, Christians, you know, who come to some of my circles and and they'll they'll hop in on the on this healing circle and they'll be like, wow, that was insane. But I don't bring I don't bring any of my own path into that circle, right? Yeah. That's I'm I don't yeah. I don't do that. I just you know that's that's preachy. That's like no, I don't do that. No, no, that's I, I don't want to do that. It's sort of like uh, just sort of an overall blanket of spiritualism. Hey, we're gonna do something really cool, but we're gonna do this together. And what I'd like to do is let's you know let's let's manifest some stuff, you know. What do you want to manifest? And I'll start asking the question around the circle. So I want to manifest a better job. I want to manifest more money. I want to manifest the love of my life. I want to manifest a new car. I want to manifest happiness. And I'm like, hold, hold on. That's cool. Manifest happiness. Not everybody wants that. You know, they're, they're looking for the, the money, the car, the job, the love. Happy. That's good. I like that. You know, and I, I don't say that when you want to manifest a new job or you want to manifest a new car is wrong. I, I keep, I say, those are awesome things. Drum for that. Drum for that. Drum for that. And we'll we'll drum and we'll go for 20, 30 minutes of playing. And every, and I'm looking around and I'm like seeing everybody just just in their own element, eyes closed, doing their thing. And I'm like, hell yeah, this is this is what this is what magic is to me. And and I I love it. Yeah, it's like holding that helping them hold that space for themselves or us holding that space so that they can experience their own rhythm and apply that energy to whatever it is. If, if it's, you know, if a new job is what's going to make them happy. Okay. You know, what, whatever that is that they're working on, maybe they want to send some energy to a loved one who's ill, those things, you know, that, that, that is definitely our honor to hold that space, you know, and, and, and to help them find that rhythm that they need in that particular time, you know, that particular day. But it can't help but end up being a a bit of its own beautiful moment, you know? Like, that's what I love about There's so many layers. You've got these individual desires and these goals. We'll call them goals, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, And lives and possibly different spiritualities. And at the end of it, even though no one is colonizing anyone here, there's still this gorgeous, um sound it's like being a conductor really of all these different instruments at the end of the day right exactly right exactly right and and i want to stress this too in in both of those circles the community drum circle and the intentional drumming circle i don't teach anybody rhythm i don't teach anybody to play a certain piece you know uh, because in those drum circles it's about the players it's not about me or what i'm imparting or what mary is imparting onto any of the participants. It's all about them, what they are wanting to get out of it. They're playing their own rhythms. They're not playing anything that I'm teaching, which brings me to the third type of drum circle that I do, which is called culturally specific. And I've I've learned a lot about the djembe and, and African rhythms. And the difference between an American drum circle and an African drum circle is this. Africans, uh, West African music specifically is what I'm learning uh, from Cote d'Ivoire, uh, with my Jimbe Fola, his name is Samba Diallo. Uh, I'm learning culturally specific rhythms, and each rhythm has a specific meaning. Um, the one that's probably going to be everyone's first, you know, 
uh, drum rhythm that they learn from West Africa, like every guitar player learns, you know, Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. <laughs> this rhythm is called Kuku, uh, K-U-K-U, and it's a fishing dance. It's a successful day of fishing. Uh, and the dance itself is, it mimics the movements that uh, are used to fish. There's there's this really gorgeous arm circle, and that's uh, and you're moving back and forth to your right, to your left, and you're moving your arms back and forth in a circle, and that's basically you're casting the nets, and you're pushing the boats out to the water, and there's there's a few other pieces to it, but each drum has a specific voice in the song, so you have to know the rhythms and how they interplay with each other. So in culturally specific drumming instances, I am actually telling and teaching the story and the rhythm of each piece of drum uh, or each drum in that song. And Mary alluded to the dun dunes, which are the three big bass drums. And you have a couple of different ways those can be played where it's the ballet style, which the Guinea ballet uh, started where they just sort of lined them all up together and you had one player playing all three of them at the same time, kind of like a drum set. And then you have the traditional style, which is one player per one drum. And there's a set of three of them. And there's a bell on top of each one. And then uh, they all work together to create the melody of the music. So the more you start diving into those very, very large rabbit holes, <laughs> you'll start being able to say, oh, that's cuckoo. Or, oh, that's uh, bendo. Or, or that's morbiasa. The, each dance has a meaning behind it. And there's, there's a lot of them that kind of overlap with each other. Uh, a lot of them are just celebratory dances. Let's have a good time. Um, but a lot of them do have specific meanings behind them. Uh, good day of fishing, good day of harvesting, planting, coming of age, death, birth. Uh, there's even a song called Cabendo that warns the men of the tribe not to take a second wife, which is a very fun uh, kind of mirthful dance and but there's a lot of uh, a lot of these rhythms, I mean a lot, and uh, so culturally specific is is highly different from an American facilitated or thunder drum circle. So yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to ask you, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna just pause and say that I may take this out later if you feel uncomfortable answering. So this this may not be included, but I I don't know if you're prepared for the question, so I, I will be respectful of that. So a lot of people might listen to something like that and say, culturally specific, how is it okay for me to access that? How is it okay for me to learn that or experience it? That am I appropriating this particular skill? Is it okay? Short answer is it 100% is okay. Um, there's a longer answer involved, but, and, and, <laughs> I've actually run into this myself, you know, uh, being mm -hmm. it's thoroughly, a hot question. Yes, yeah. I, I'm thoroughly 100% white. Let's just put that out there. I mean, I think I'm 99.99% of DNA is Northern Europe. Yes, and so I've met you. You are white. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what gives this white guy permission to learn uh, rhythms and specifics of a culture who gets, you know, angry sometimes if inappropriate steps are taken to do things. So take you back to the 60s. There was an amazing, amazing man, Babatunde Olatunje. Uh, he was a grandmaster, and I mean grandmaster drummer, who came to America, started working um, with Mickey Hart 
of the Grateful Dead, of all people. And he has a philosophy of the drum that stands true to today. And that is, everyone must learn to play this instrument. And he brought his culture over here to teach us here in America the culture of the drum and that it's, it brings people together. So ever since then, there has been a, a widespread growth of learning about this instrument. And yes, it may seem daunting if you're wanting to step foot into that arena. And I'll, I'll share a story about my own, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, fear when I actually did it myself for the first time. But you'll find that the instructors want to teach you because you don't just show up there with a djembe and you think you're going to learn some cool shit. You're going to go off and play and ah, da, 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 I'm a badass. No, no, no. You go there to people who show up there, show up with the intention of learning the culture, the dance, the drum, the reason why they are played. And the instructors are so happy and so accommodating to teach because they have a culture that has been stamped down for generations and ah, i see so it's yeah. a sharing it's a sharing of yeah yeah 100 sharing so I, I i will warn you though it, it is daunting and, and kind of crazy um especially if you're not playing the instrument correctly and that's very big i'll atlanta african drum and dance festival is a wonderful weekend here in atlanta it's a three-day weekend full of of african drumming and dancing and that the grandmasters come and teach and they also, um, uh, in, in other classes, uh, for instance, their dance classes, they're playing to live drummers. And if you want to, you can go in and sit in with them. The very first time I went to the Atlanta African Drum and Dance Fest, I had my woefully out of tune djembe in my bag, on my back. Oh, no. And I'm, I'm standing <laughs> there watching um, uh, Musa Treyere, who is a world master uh, djembe player. He's just going to town with, uh, I forgot what, what piece it was they're playing, but they were playing for Yusef Kumbasa, who is a Guinea dance uh, instructor. And he is absolutely stunning to watch. And I'm standing there watching this and I'm just like, I'm grooving to the beat. I'm listening to it. And I'm hearing, I'm like, yeah, this is so good. I love it. And then Musa catches my eyes and I'm looking at Musa and there's a chair next to, to Musa. And he goes, have a seat. Oh shit. I'm like, okay. So I pull Yikes. out, I pull out my djembe. By the way, it's out of completely out of tune. It sounds like I'm hitting a pillow. And I sit down next to Musa and Musa looks at me and he goes, he starts giving me this pattern's called the passport rhythm. It's a very simple passport rhythm. The reason they call it the passport is because it fits everywhere, pretty much on any piece of music. That get that boo that get that boo get. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I started following him. Mm-hmm. Started following him, and we're just going. And that's all I played. That get that boo get that boo that get that. And I'm watching Yusef, and he's dancing, and then I'm playing quietly. Musa looks over at me and he goes, "Play louder." <laughs> okay. And, and I was like, I was so afraid of, of screwing up in front of these masters, but they didn't care. They wanted me I to, they wanted me to experience the, the fun and the thrill of actually playing there. And then the following year I went back and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to get out there and dance. My drum was tuned up and yada, yada, yada. So I get out there and I start playing and all of a sudden I'm not playing it right. And I know this because Yusef himself comes over, looks at me. I'm in the middle of all of these guys. And he points at my drum and he looks at another guy and, and 
tells, you know, uh, makes a hand gesture and my drum is all of a sudden taken away from me. Oh shit. <laughs> and another drum was put in front of me and I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. So it's a little quieter. <laughs> Still not tuned. Still not tuned quite right. Yeah. This, this was a few years ago. So Eric's a lot better about tuning these days. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mary. I'm sorry, baby girl. Oh no, no, it's okay. I, I, I would just want to add that, um, while Eric was going through the drumming there, I was going through the dancing and, and just to understand and learn the story behind where this beautiful dance comes from, what these movements mean, and then be able to share that with other people too. And I think that that, that's what is so important there is that we are, are learning and then we're sharing and we're sharing what we've learned. It's not like we're taking what we've learned and we're making it our own. That is definitely, you know, not the case with those, you know, specific dances and rhythms and everything is we're sharing what we've learned. And through that, more people know about these beautiful rhythms and these beautiful dances and what they mean and where they come from and how important they are. And I think that that, I mean, I mean wouldn't you agree, honey, that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when when you take something that is taught to you from a from a, a West African master and you make it your own without giving credit to either your teacher, the lineage, the culture that the rhythm and the dance comes from, that's when it's wrong. But if you take this education that is is freely well, uh, I say freely given, but you do have to pay to go to these festivals. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's this information that's that's imparted to you, and you actually turn around and teach that rhythm the way it was taught to you, that is not cultural appropriation. That is actually spreading and sharing the information of this incredible culture. And I am a one lucky individual that I was able to meet the right people at the right time to really open my eyes and my spirit, basically, to the cultural and spiritual aspects of this instrument and I am extremely lucky in that regard. So yeah, it's an honor. I'm sure it's an honor. Yeah. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. And uh, my Jimbe Fola, Samba Diallo, uh, Jim, by the way, Jimbe Fola means Jimbe master, Jimbe teacher. Oh, okay. And the word Jimbe itself is kind of interesting too. And then I'll get back to, to what I was about to say. The word Jimbe itself, it loosely translates to essentially come together in peace and harmony. Uh, there's a whole story behind it where the word came from in West African culture. Uh, if you're really interested, the newest grandmaster on the planet, his name is Weedy Brahma. I can give you some links if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, he has a whole story about that word and where it came from. I, I find it very interesting and, and I love it. Uh, but anyway, Samba, Samba Diallo, he's um, a dancer first, um, but even he has a djembe teacher himself. And so I'm learning rhythms that he grew up dancing to in Cote d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast, who's, he's learning how to play these rhythms from his djembe fola. And I can't remember his name either, um, but I'm, I'm learning very different rhythms. And one thing, when, like I said earlier, these are very large and very deep rabbit holes when you get into these, these musical paths of West Africa. They're like different dialects. Like uh, Oh, Guinea. that's an important thing to say. Yes, Guinea, Ghana, Ivory Coast, um, any country in Africa, you'll be able to hear aspects of a song 
but it's slightly different, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's how can I see this? How can I say this? Like so it's I'm feeling different. it. I think you okay. said it really well when you said different dialects because they you know, you could have a lot of similar words that everyone mm-hmm. shares in a conversation, but it's mm-hmm. like the difference between Ukrainian and Russian. Thank you. That's that's very good. That's kind of exactly where I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, the story also might be slightly different, but the story behind the, the, the song may be slightly different. But for the most part, they tend to have this, like, Cuckoo in Cote d'Ivoire is the same as Cuckoo in Ghana. It's played differently, but the dance is about the same thing. It's about fishing. It's about successful day of fish. The song itself may be slightly different. So understanding where the song comes from and understanding the interplay of the drums, you'll be able to easier piece together what song comes from where. So that's that's something to, to about being culturally specific, I guess, is uh, something very important to keep in mind. Well, I don't know if Mary wanted to say anything about how, you know, you were talking about a teacher that you had, Eric, that was a dancer first and a drummer second. And I don't know if Mary wanted to pipe in here and talk about that marriage between being both and, and what that means and how that translates for her. Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> um, you know, having, having been a dancer first, I think, um, and, and, and it's interesting that being part of the tribal belly dance community, which there are a few different types of, when you say belly dance, I'm sure that the first thing that people think of are um, what they may have seen in, in a Hollywood movie or something very flashy coin uh, bras and coin skirts and veils everywhere. Uh, someone who's bared their belly from the Middle East dancing beautifully. Um, there are many different styles of, of belly dance and we usually in the dance community usually call that sort of Middle Eastern or Turkish or Egyptian belly dance because that's where those um, traditions came from. The American tribal belly dance kind of takes, it's, it's kind of a fusion. So it takes inspiration from those dances, but also from other dances around the world, um, Indian, uh, Rajasthani dances, that sort of thing to create this, this beautiful dance. Now I'm saying all of this <laughs> to say that a dancer, as I was learning this beautiful dance, uh, which is very grounded and, um, this, uh, the global caravan style specifically is very grounded. Uh, that means your feet are flat a lot. And you are doing some of that wonderful stomping that we talked about earlier. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And, and that, that, that part of playing your rhythm on the earth in a way of through the dance. But in that, I had to learn to, if, if I'm dancing to a, a recorded track, the beat's always going to be the same right? So I know when that's coming. I know this song well enough to know, oh yes, we're about to transition and I can do something else. But when you're dancing with a live drummer, it becomes a conversation between you and them. And, you know, obviously you can do whatever you want. If I'm dancing and Eric is playing, we tend to have a conversation with each other. I have a conversation with him through dance. He has a conversation with me through the music that he's playing on his drum. And 
as a dancer, I learned, I learned to explore that. As a drummer on the other side, if I'm drumming for someone who's dancing, it becomes a different thing. I am uh, noticing this person. I am connecting with their energy in a different way. So there is a, a conversation going on there. As, as a drummer, I'm, I'm drumming. I may change my rhythm here and there, but I'm always conscious of the fact that if this person is dancing for me, I want to make sure that I give them enough time in this one rhythm before I change to something else to give them time to express what they want to express in that, in that particular part of that rhythm before I move on to something else. And then notice when that dancer is getting tired. So if, it, if, if it's that sort of uh, performance type thing, or I'm you know, playing for this one or, you know, one or two people, if I notice they're getting tired or I, 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 I'm aware of that, the energy starts to flow. It's almost like, even if you're not like really watching them and you're, you know, you're just there, you can feel it. You can feel when that happens. And so you bring that, uh, that rhythm to a close for them. Um, d- playing for groups. There's a wave. There's a wave. Eric, I know, can talk to this a little bit more too. Um, that conversation is is a much larger, much more complex. If you have more drummers and more dancers as they're, um, you know, as as they're moving in, and you can tell, you know, that all the dancers will come in, and then sometimes they'll kind of fade out, and you realize, whoo, maybe we need to change this rhythm up, and we've kind of, or we're lagging in the rhythm, and okay, maybe we need to start drumming something a little different, and it becomes a different conversation. And, and there's like these waves of super activity and then lower activity where we're kind of like, oh, let's let's explore this rhythm and, and what that looks like. And sometimes the dancers are like, yes, let's go with it. And sometimes they're like, OK, it's time for us to go get a drink of water or something else. <laughs> well, I did want to ask both of you something, but we, we need to probably start looking at closing down, although I'm having a lot of fun. Oh, sure. But I want to, I want to ask both of you something, and that would be this. So like me, a lot of my listeners are very, um, sort of solitary pagans and witches. They, I have a coven, but not everyone does. And there's not a lot of, um, way out here in the country, not a lot of places to go or something like this. So as a solitary, uh, witch or pagan or anybody, honestly, who might want to be, um, who might want to start to try to drum? What would be your advice? What would you What would you say to them? All alone in their apartment, maybe, or you know, COVID has changed a lot for a lot of people. So, this is true. <laughs> what would you say to? Yeah, sorry, but yes. Um, so what would you say to them? What you know, just someone calls you up and says, "I really want to do this, but I'm I'm fairly alone." How do I begin? Short answer? Yes. Just get a drum and start playing. Um, that's literally how you start. I mean, just you don't even need a drum. Hell, you can use your, you know, your your belly and your legs with your own hands. Just, you know, be just don't hit yourself too hard. Um, <laughs> uh, the the easiest way to start is to get a drum. I do not recommend buying a you know, a drum, $450, $500, $600. If you're just starting out, get yourself, get yourself a nice cheapo, sort of like 
when you're growing up and you're a teenager, you have a beater car to start off with. You know, it's like, you know, that's a, a 1978 Chevy Chevette that's, you know, got, <laughs> it's, it's running on three gears and, and the clutch is burnt out, you know, so you just get yourself a starter drum. It's, it's, it's not necessary to go full out. Get yourself a drum because not everybody likes drumming. And uh, I, I know that's, that's weird coming from me, but there have been a couple of people who have showed up to my drum circle and turned around and left because they did not, and I spoke with them later, they, the sound was just too much for them. The intensity oh, and the energy was too much for them. Okay. So not everybody is going to really respond to drumming, at least in a spiritual sense, when they first start or sometimes at all. And so they'll just put that away and because it doesn't work for everybody. And I get that. That's perfectly fine. But for those who really are interested, get yourself a drum. Get yourself a small drum. I, I do sell them. Thank you. I raise my hand. Uh, I do. <laughs> uh, and, and literally just sit with it. Start playing with it. Uh, put a CD on of some music that you actually like to listen to. I don't care what it is. For me, I put on Mickey Hart's uh, uh, solo stuff. And I just play along with it in with with my own drums to to get my hands warm up. Yeah, Eric. What one of the things I do? I do the stomp and I do the stop, a stab. And I mm. honestly, uh, well, you know, it's basically my walking stick. But she's my right hand girl. Mm. Um, I honestly do want to start. But one of the things that I do with what I've already you know been using all these years is I go out. And I stand in my yard and I watch the trees and I wait for a beat. I wait for a beat from the universe. Mm -hmm. And it starts really slow for me, you know, just right. very slow. And I just try to follow that. And then other things will pick up, you know, mm -hmm. the crickets, the birds, the whatever. I start to hear the beat of nature and I'll just pull that in. Would you advise that? Yeah, that's really good. You have. I, I, let me give you two quick examples. I know we we're going to close down here real quick, but I'll give you two quick, sure. really, really good examples of of being able to just pay attention, listen, and bring that into the drum. Uh, movie from the 1980s called Tap. I don't know if you remember that or not. It was Gregory Hines. I loved it. It wasn't it great. So oh, yes. he take he the, he gets asked a question about where his inspiration comes from. So he takes this entire group of people from a nightclub out into the streets. And then, and like, it's, it's an eighties cheese movie. So, you know, he, they break out into dance, but it's on the streets, but they're listening to things. And the way he describes taking that rhythm that he hears from the street to put it into his feet to tap to is mm -hmm. probably one of the best examples of what you're just described. And I would just like to interrupt, watch old mouth now, cause I'm an old woman <laughs> and cheesy 80 <laughs> movies. <laughs> we're, we're this we're almost the same age so i'm aging myself there too and i love cheesy 80 movies by the way all right yeah there's uh, wisdom there mister <laughs> there is there's a lot of wisdom there. you know i i would just add that if if a drum seems too daunting or too you know too loud or if you're like in a in a, an apartment situation or or you have roommates where you know you you can't make a lot of noise all the time then something small, um, you know, some type of percussion. There are other things that you can use that can give you some of that rhythm. I mean, you know, absolutely clapping your hands or, you know, just drumming on your, um, one of our friends, Megan, I love her. She, she, she keeps the beat on her heart. She puts her hand over her heart and she's, oh, she's keeping that beat. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually subconsciously doing it right now. Um, <laughs> and, 
I can hear it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, um, you know, it's just that beautiful, um, there, there are other things that you could do, um, a, a rattle, some kind of shaker to just kind of get that beat going for yourself. And, um, you know, of course I'm a big fan of movement too. So, um, just move, move your body. And, and, and I love your story of getting out in nature and listening and hearing what, and you can do that, you know, anywhere you can do that out in, um, you know, take a walk out in a park, or you can do that in the in the city. You can hear the rhythm of the city, the rhythm of your fellow humans as they're going about their day, um, and discovering that rhythm in in everything, even in the cadence of what you're doing yeah. in your daily life. You can find the rhythm. Yeah, you know, Mary, my my grandbaby, she's only two and a half years old, and she will get spoons and a pot and turn it upside down and just go. And the whole time, her little booty is moving back and forth, you know? <laughs> well, that's the, just just be prepared for an expensive hobby coming later. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I can see that. And as an only grandchild, I'm sure I'll, you know, make sure it happens. <laughs> yeah. But I guess I guess I want to I finish that off by stressing that in the right drum circle, there is no judgment take a drum, sit down next to somebody who you can tell knows what they're doing and just start playing and listening to them play and, and let that just sort of inspire you just by osmosis. Uh, and I, I tell people who have been playing for not very long then they're, how do I get better? Sit next to somebody who's better than you. Let them play and just yeah. play right next to them. And, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, don't, this is the, this is the final piece of advice too. Uh, I've said this several times to a lot of people, and it, it seems to generate um, a lot of good positive vibes and, and positivity as well. The very first time you pick up a drum that you've never played before in your entire life, uh, you're going to sound like that fifth grade orchestra. Um, mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid to sound like that. Don't be afraid to make mistakes um, mm -hmm. because, in the end, mistakes are only jazz. Oh, that's sexy. I will tell you, Eric, that this sounds so much like the way I garden, I farm, I grow things, and it's it's the kind of magic that saved my life, and it sounds like it's the kind, this drumming, this drumming life is the kind that saved y'all's. I would kind of agree with I, that, I, yeah. I would definitely <laughs> agree with that. I think that um, it certainly has enriched our lives in ways that I, I know in ways that I never would have thought. Um, we've met and a beautiful community of people as we've been traveling around to um, different festivals around the Southeast and taking our drumming, um, you know, our drum circles and also Eric's teaching drumming. And then I'll be starting that now that I'm, you know, got my facilitator training, but, you know, just this beautiful community that we have through the drum, we would have never met these people otherwise. And, and the, the beauty of that too, is that these are people from all walks of life, you know, so how else would we have connected except through this this medium, uh, drumming and, and dancing too? So it has really, uh, you know, has really been life changing and has really opened opened us up to such an amazing diversity of people and diversity of of learning and and culture and that sort of thing. Um, it has been life changing. Oh, and that would that would lead me automatically to say, where can folks find you? Do you have a website or do you just pop up places and change people's lives? 
just the random pop-up hello no no we have a we have a great website rhythmhealer.com i'm currently in the process of redesigning it but it is out there i just sent you a link for the schedule page um and uh you can contact us through that page we we do contract out for both private and corporate events Mm -hmm. and uh we work hand in hand with the organizers to uh, make sure that we give the correct event for the correct space. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I've been working with, just to give you an idea, I've been working with CarMax, their groups. I've had done team building events with with CarMax, and it's a, it's a fun time. It really is. I've also oh, done wow. uh, uh, several, yeah. uh, several private events. I'm working with some Girl Scouts coming up here shortly. Um, which is pretty cool. So, and I also, we, I should say, I make sure I I say we, we can work with uh, senior citizens, special needs groups, schools, churches, uh, you name it. We'll come and do a drum circle. Okay. I love that. Yeah. And we're going to be at a few festivals this year too. So um, Eric's going to be teaching and facilitating drum circles as well. And um, well, we'll both be facilitating. I have to say that. So we'll be at Cauldron Fest in, uh, in Tennessee in April. In um, early June, we're going to be at Pagan Unity Festival, Puff, and um, that's also in Tennessee. And then in July, we'll be at Mystic South here in Atlanta. And we are just oh. so excited about all of those opportunities to meet more people and to, um, and to drum and share drumming with them. I love Mystic South, so I may actually oh, be Oh, please, <laughs> come on. It'll be great. I'll come and I'll bring a bunch of fun things to, to share. I'm writing a book, so hopefully I'll have something to oh, share. <laughs> that would be awesome. And it would be great to yeah, see you, too. Definitely. So. Great to see you, too. I, I miss you guys. Well, I'm going to close this down, but I also want you to stay on the line for one minute so I can say goodbye to you proper, because we are Southern. So... That Same. we are. Yes. <laughs> yeah, awesome as well. But I love you guys, and thank you for being on the podcast. We love you too, Seba. Yes, thank you thank so much. thank you. It's been wonderful. Absolutely. It really has. I'm going to put all the links up. Okay, y'all. Well, I love y'all like chicken, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.